Chapter 9 of The Red Room by August Strindberg Translated by Ellie Schlesner Recording by William Peck This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 9 Bills of Exchange Sometime after Harvard Falk's first experience as a reporter, Charles Nicholas Falk and his beloved wife were sitting at the breakfast table. He was, contrary to his custom, not in dressing-gown and slippers, and his wife was wearing an expensive morning-gown. "'Yes, they were all here yesterday,' said Mrs. Falk, laughing gaily. "'All five of them, and they were extremely sorry about the matter.' "'I wish the deuce.' "'Nicholas, remember, you are no longer standing behind the counter.' "'What am I to say, then, if I lose my temper?' "'One doesn't lose one's temper. One gets annoyed.' and it's permissible to say it's very extraordinary very well then it's very extraordinary that you have always something unpleasant up your sleeve why can't you refrain from telling me things you know will irritate me vex you old man you expect me to keep my vexation to myself but you lie lay old girl i said lie your burdens on my shoulders too was that what you promised me when we got married? Don't make a scene, and don't let's have any of your logic. Go on. They were all here, Mama and your five sisters? Four sisters. You don't care much for your family. No more do you. No more do I. And they came here to condole with you on account of my brother's discharge? Is that so? Yes, and they were impertinent enough to say that I had no longer any reason to be stuck up. Proud! old girl. They said, stuck up. Personally, I should never have condescended to make use of such an expression. What did you say? I expect you gave them a piece of your mind. You may depend on that. The old lady threatened never again to cross our threshold. Did she really? Do you think she meant it? No, I don't. But I'm certain that the old man... You shouldn't speak of your father in that tone, supposing somebody heard you. Do you think I should run that risk? However, the old man, between you and me, will never come here again." Falk pondered. After a while he resumed the conversation. "'Is your mother proud? Is she easily hurt? I'm always so afraid of hurting people's feelings, as you know. You ought to tell me about her weak points so that I can take care.' "'You ask me whether she is proud? You know she is, in her own way. Supposing, for instance, she was told that we had given a dinner party without asking her and my sisters. She would never come here again. Wouldn't she really? You may depend upon it. It's extraordinary that people of her class... What's that? Oh, nothing. Women are so sensitive. How's your association getting on? What did you call it? The Association for the Promotion of Women's Rights. What rights do you mean? The wife shall have the right of disposing of her own property. Hasn't she got it already? No, she hasn't. May I ask what your property is of, which you are not allowed to dispose? Half of yours, old man, my dowry. The devil! Who taught you such rubbish? It's not rubbish. It's the spirit of the age, my dear. The new law should read like this. When a woman marries, she becomes the owner of half her husband's property, and of this half she can dispose as she likes. And when she has run through it, the husband will have to keep her. I should take jolly good care not to. 
under the new law you would be forced to do so or go to the poorhouse this would be the penalty for a man who doesn't keep his wife take care you are going too far but have you any meetings who were the women present tell me we are still busy with the statues with the preliminaries but who are the women at present only mrs homan the controller's wife and lady renhelm renhelm a very good name i think i've heard it before but didn't you tell me you were going to float a dorcas society as well found a dorcas society oh yes and what do you think pastor scorey is coming one evening to read a paper pastor scorey is an excellent preacher and moves in good society i'm glad that you're keeping away from the lower classes there is nothing so fatal to man or woman as to form low connections my father always said that it was one of his strictest principles mrs falk picked up the bread-crumbs from the tablecloth and dropped them into her empty cup mr falk put his fingers into his waistcoat pocket and brought out a toothpick with which he removed some tiny atoms of coffee grounds lodged between his teeth husband and wife felt self-conscious in each other's company each guessed the thoughts of the other and both realized that the first who broke the silence would say something foolish and compromising they cast about for fresh subjects of conversation mentally examined them and found them unsuitable every one of them had some connection with what had been said or could be brought into connection with it falk would have liked to have reason for finding fault with the breakfast so as to have an excuse for expressing indignation mrs falk looked out of the window feebly hoping that there might be a change in the weather in vain a maid-servant entered and saved the situation by offering them a tray with the newspapers at the same time announcing mr levin ask him to wait said the master curtly for a few moments his boots squeaked up and down the room preparing the visitor who was waiting in the corridor for his arrival the trembling levin greatly impressed by the newly invented waiting in the corridor was ultimately conducted into the master's private room where he was received like a petitioner have you brought the bill of exchange with you asked falk i think so replied the crestfallen levin producing a bundle of guarantees and blank bills of various values which bank do you prefer i have bills on all with the exception of one in spite of the grave character of the situation falk could not help smiling as he looked at the incomplete guarantees on which the name was missing the bills fully filled up with the exception of an acceptor's name and those completely filled up which had not been accepted let's say the rope makers bank he said that's the impossible one i'm known there well the shoemakers bank the tailors bank any one you like only to be quick about it they finally accepted the joiners bank and now said falk with a look as if he had bought the other's soul now you had better go and order a new suit but i want you to order it at a military tailor's so that they will supply you later on with a uniform on credit uniform i don't want hold your tongue and do as you are told it must be finished on thursday next when i'm going to give a big party as you know i've sold my shop and warehouse and tomorrow i receive the freedom of the city as a wholesale merchant oh i congratulate you hold your tongue when i'm speaking you must go and pay a call now with your deceitful ways 
your unrivalled capacity for talking nonsense you have succeeded in winning the good graces of my mother-in-law i want you to ask her what she thought of the party i gave on sunday last did you hold your tongue and do as i tell you she'll be jealous and ask you whether you were present of course you weren't for there was no party you'll both express discontent become good friends and slander me i know you're an expert at it you must praise my wife do you understand no not quite well it's not necessary that you should all you've got to do is carry out my orders another thing tell nystrom that i've grown so proud that i don't want to have anything more to do with him tell him that straight out you'll be speaking the truth for once no hold on we'll postpone that you go to him speak of the importance of next thursday paint for him the great advantages the many benefits the brilliant prospects and so on you understand me i understand then you take the manuscript to the printers and then we'll kick him out if you like to call it that i have no objection and am i to read the verses to your guests and distribute them hmm yes and another thing try to meet my brother find out all you can about his circumstances and friends make up to him worm yourself into his confidence the latter's an easy job become his friend tell him that i've cheated him tell him that i am proud and ask him how much he'll take for changing his name a tinge of green representing a blush spread over levin's pale face that's ugly he said what and besides one thing more i'm a businessman and i like order in all my transactions i guarantee such and such a sum i must pay it that's clear oh no don't talk rubbish i have no security in case of death just sign this bond made out to the holder and payable at sight it's merely a formality at the word holder a slight tremor shook levin's body and he seized the pen hesitatingly although he well knew that retreat was impossible in imagination he saw a row of shabby spectacled men carrying canes in their hands their breast pockets bulging with stamped documents he heard knocking at doors running on stairs summonses threats respite he heard the clock on the town hall striking as men shouldered their canes and led him with clogged feet to the place of execution where he himself was finally released but where his honor as a citizen fell under the executioner's axe amid the delighted shouts of the crowd he signed the audience was over End of chapter nine